You're listening to Dietitian Power Hour with Morgan, Cody, and Libby. Grab a drink and enjoy. Hi. Okay, that should be better. Okay. Yes, yeah. you're on. Weird. Awesome. Okay. Better already. Ready yeah. to roll. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. How's hi. it going? Happy National Margarita Day. <laughs> Margarita so Day. I was... I was looking forward to a margarita all day, you guys, and I got home, and we don't have a single ice cube. <gasps> well, okay, we had one ice cube, but I gave it to the dog. You're so. gonna you gave margarita. it to the dog? She loves ice cubes, and she looked super really? disappointed that I opened the freezer and she didn't get one. So, yes, so she ate the one ice cube, but so mm. I, and then I didn't have limes either, so I'm having a Mexican beer. Okay, that's close Not enough. a margarita. Close enough. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> <laughs> try it, Lippy. Still counts. <laughs> and I'm just having White Claw because all I have is that or gin. I didn't get margarita stuff, but it's a lime White Claw, so that's pretty close, right? Hey, yeah, I pretty know. close. <laughs> okay, I think I'm furthest from the margarita train because I'm having a kombucha. Um, oh my god! I overdid it this weekend on the mimosa train, so I feel like I'm on day two of my hangover. I don't know if you guys have those two-day hangovers. But oh, yeah. I definitely have. <laughs> so that was me. Now I'm having kombucha because we have a bunch at our house. But side note, have you guys tried the spiked kombuchas? They're fucking delicious. I have not. I don't think I've tried that brand. They're so good. Well, it's not called. Like, they're not called. I'm calling it a spiked kombucha, but they're just, like, kombuchas that are alcoholic. Oh, well, isn't all kombucha slightly alcoholic? It's got like yeah, but different. Like enough enough to get you a good little buzz. Oh, oh no, I want those. Where do are they? Just in the beer section? Yeah, I don't know. I went skiing last weekend, and I popped into a little gas station, and they had some um, like local brewed kombuchas that were alcoholic. Like you have to have an ID to order to buy them. Um, so I got them. It was so good. And they're my new favorite drink now. What a dream. Don't yeah. ask why, but I feel like if I were to drink spiked kombucha, I would feel better about the fact that I'm drinking alcohol. Just, you know, <laughs> I give, I'm getting my probiotics too. It's all That's good. what I thought. I, on my way up, I was not drinking in the car. I meant in the car, sitting outside the little ski spot. I was drinking a kombucha and I was like, man, getting my probiotics, gut health, a little bit of alcohol. This is the best. Yeah. Some liquid courage before you fall down that hill. All right. Exactly. It was a great <laughs> drink. I love it. That makes me so happy. You guys, my dog is, I don't know what she's eating. She's just came over here looking naughty. It's because she has something she shouldn't have in her mouth. Oh, a rock. Bad girl, Kelly. <laughs> She's so naughty. She's been in her crate all day. It's like, <laughs> have a limit now. <laughs> okay, oh so for those of you that do not know, today's National Margarita Day. Today's Monday. So whenever you're listening to this, just celebrate by having a margarita. Doesn't matter what day it is, but it's a holiday and we should all be celebrating. Amen. I'm going to celebrate later this week with a margarita because clearly today's not the day. We all suck, but we tried. <laughs> so <laughs> We gave it our best shot. We sure did. A good old college try, folks. 
So we are talking about weight loss. Weight it's loss. Yes. I am so jam packed. Yes. Yes. So excited to talk about weight loss today. But before we get into it, we always on this podcast bash fat diets. And so I'm excited to talk about weight loss because I feel like people want to know, like, if I shouldn't be dieting, then what can I do to lose weight? And a lot of people want to lose weight. But before we get into that, we also are supporters supporters of body positivity. So this will be a tough topic because we don't want to tell anybody that they need to lose weight or that you shouldn't love your body if you don't fit like that weight standard that we've kind of put on people to be. So I just wanted to say that before we get into it, because this is a tricky subject. Yes, it is. But I'm also super excited because I would say this is the number one question I get from anybody I talk to when they find out I'm a dietitian. It's like, how do I lose weight? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. um, And I so I love to I'm really excited that we're talking about it because it's my, I hate answering the question. I'm like, Meh. me too. It's so, it's so tricky too, because everybody's so different, but I always yeah. do. I mean, so this episode is primarily on weight loss and that's what we'll be talking about the majority of the time. But another component of that is, you know, being confident in your body. And if you feel like that, that's something that you struggle with, we have episodes on body positivity that I would refer back to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's some really good body positivity episodes last yeah. season. So, yes. all right. It's going to be so different for me, guys, because I'm used to, because obviously working in peds, you never want a kid to lose weight. I don't know if a lot of people realize that, but it's it's actually, in like 99% of the case, it's a bad thing if a kid loses, like ever loses weight. Trying to get them to grow and gain. So, yeah. it's a little bit yeah. of a switch of gears for me right yeah that's actually kind of similar I work with you know the elderly and even even if they come in and they are maybe overweight it's not it's it's hard to push a 90 year old to lose weight because clearly they're doing all right you know like so I I don't practice a lot of weight loss um you know I do a little bit in at work but not often so um super exciting for this yeah oh you guys Pacing it up or down. I don't know. One of the two. (laughs) Something. (laughs) Well, let's get into it. I want to start off by talking about the problem with the approach that most people take when it comes to losing weight, which I feel like are fad diets. And there's a lot of issue with fad diets that set people up for failure and so I'm hoping that we can discuss some of those issues with diets and then kind of get into alternative ways to go about it. Yeah, I yes. love it. Um, so weight cycling, I think that's like number one thing that fad diets cause issues with, right? Mm-hmm. People who have a history of weight cycling or of fad dieting. So it's when you you know, are losing weight super rapidly and then within a matter of a couple of months or sometimes weeks or, you know, whatever the case may be, you gain most of that weight back typically with a fad, like a crash diet, like the, you know, there was like one, I was like, eat one hard boiled egg a day and drink some water and, (laughs) you know, and you can lose 10 pounds this week. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you bet you can, but also you're going to be hangry, dehydrated and gain it back immediately. So, right. um, Yeah. 
I mean, we've talked so much about how we hate fats, Mm -hmm. specifically me, but you know. (laughs) So let's talk about some of the fad diets out there because I think like they can be sneaky. Someone might say, oh, well, keto isn't a fad diet. It's, you know, but there's, yeah, like keto, there's whole 30. Oh, paleo. There's any like kind of system with rigid rules mm-hmm. is probably a fad diet. Even, I mean, we threw intermittent fasting in the diet category on this podcast a couple episodes ago. Um, there's so many different diets out there. And I would say anything where it's restricting the type of food you eat, that's, that's a fad diet. But it just switches. Like in the 90s slash early 2000s, it used to be low fat. Like it was low fat everything. Yeah. That was the bad guy. And now we've kind of had this shift to where it's carbs. So now carbs are the bad, is a bad guy. So like keto or isn't paleo even low carb? Yeah. Um, not, I think inadvertently. Well, yeah, yeah. But inadvertently. Like low sugar yeah. or something. I don't know. But it just seems like a lot of fad diets will um, cut out a specific food group. And that's one of my biggest issues with it. Not a big fan of cutting out like major food groups, especially if you like to eat them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like the Atkins diet, I was thinking the nineties and that was like the hot one of the nineties and two thousand. Super high protein. Mm -hmm, Super high. I mean, it's similar. I would say it's pretty similar to keto today. It was just more focused on like avoid on like increasing your protein and like your fat, I think so super similar to Mm -hmm. keto. Yeah. Yeah. And right now I feel like there's two different trends happening. We have one where it's like the anti-carbers. I don't know. That's not a word, but I'm (laughs) anti-carbers. I love that. (laughs) We have the anti-carbers. And then on the other side, we have this trend where we're having a lot of people cut out like meat and dairy products for some reason. I don't know why that really started becoming a trend, but we have these two different groups that are just like picking the bad guy and making it a diet yeah you know this might be controversial but this just came to mind when you brought up like cutting out meat and dairy do you guys think vegan being vegan is a fad diet oh hell yeah super fatty right now i would say super fatty (laughs) i would say i never thought of it that way but it kind of is i think it is but there's also different reasons i think why people are doing the vegan diet because Like cutting out carbs, for example, people are doing that specifically for weight loss. When we look at the vegan diet, there's a huge group of people that are also doing that for weight loss. But then you have people that are like, oh, it's for there's different reasons that we don't really have to get into. But There's different reasons. Maybe it's more maybe it's more trendy. Yeah. Well, in any time, any anytime you have these trends, they start to and they catch on, they start to kind of become misconstrued. Right. Mm -hmm. Like maybe. A lot of people are cutting out carbs because they want to lose weight, but I've seen that. And I'm sure you guys have seen that kind of bleed over into people believing it's more generally healthy, even if they're an athlete, for example. And it's like the same thing with um, high or low calorie foods for weight loss. I've brought it up in our eating disorder episode that I've seen kids that just pick up on all these weight loss messages. And so that they think, any low calorie food is automatically healthier and then they end up at a dangerously low body weight. Yes. Improper nourishment because we are just 
under the impression that we should constantly be thin or losing weight or you're not, you know, right. properly if you're not eating low-cal foods or, you know, just all of these um, super, I don't know, it, it's not even, they're not trendy. They're so chronic. Like, this is a thing. This has been a thing for years, this obsession with weight loss. So, yeah. so all these fad diets, people we were kind of starting to talk about the problem with weight cycling. Why is that so dangerous? Um, I mean, for so many, so many reasons, but like first that comes to my mind is the high risk for malnutrition in the initial go of it. Um, when you lose that much weight rapidly, you're also losing a lot of your muscle mass and you run the risk of having like micro and macronutrient deficiencies that can cause other issues with your body mm-hmm. um, and with your body systems. That's the first thing I think of, but in a non-clinical way I don't, or a less clinical way, you fuck up your metabolism. So yeah. And I want to talk about that in a little more detail. It's a twister. It's a twister. <laughs> Yes, it was so nice, and then it got really windy. Come in, come in, we can go in. Dorothy, Dorothy. Dorothy oh my god! <laughs> right, I think she actually wanted to go in anyway. Oh yes, so she can go hide under my bed. Okay. Oh, I can hear her. Oh my god, she's so cute. You guys. What a little cutie. All right. Cutie. Okay, so going back to fat diets and the weight, like the yo-yo dieting cycle losing weight gaining weight losing weight a lot of that and this is why fat diets bother me so much they have such a high failure rate like only 90 not only 95 percent of people that do diets like that and lose weight back like it just is almost a fact that we know that if you lose weight on a very strict diet like that you will it's highly likely that you'll gain the weight back and part of that yeah. is, and we talked about calories in, calories out before, which matters for weight loss. But part of that are your hormones, which is uncontrollable. Yeah. So you have where your body is kind of being a little bitch. And right when you lose weight, you have all these processes that are happening in your body that is kind of fighting for you not to lose that weight. So you have hormones that get released that one, they slow down your metabolism. So this means that when you move, you're not burning as many calories as you typically would. And two, you have hormones that are getting released that make you feel hungrier. And not only that, but it makes you crave more calorically dense foods. So you have all these processes in your body that are happening that are basically fighting against your body you losing weight. It's essentially a which, starvation response, right? If you restrict too much. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and that's why people typically will gain the weight back once they've lost it. And I'm not saying this to discourage people from trying to lose weight, but it, it, it's so it's fucking hard to lose weight. It's such a hard process to do and then maintain. And so I hope that people that are trying to lose weight, listen to this episode and just like, Give yourself a little grace because it's really hard to do and really hard to maintain. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about millions of years of evolution here. I mean, our bodies are such amazing things at doing what they do to enable us to survive that it's not like, you know, you can, yeah, you can force yourself to lose a bit of weight if you severely restrict and start to essentially go into that starvation response. But 
your body mm-hmm. is still smart. It's still going to conserve energy by, yeah, like some of the things you were talking about, Morgan. And also, it's not going to be, or yeah, you're going to crave, you're going to crave more food because that's too quick of a change. Mm-hmm. And they're also finding like, mm-hmm. it's hard, like but- metabolic damage from these, like, weight cycling i mean when you do that Mm -hmm. you're essentially lowering your resting metabolic rate after you know you restrict so heavily so you're you burn less calories at rest yeah which is then it's like a cycle because then it's easier to gain back weight even if you're eating less calories than you normally would totally and that's why a lot of people gain back more weight than they even started with and then it's, it's just a cycle and then it makes you feel like you gained the weight back and you failed your diet and you have to try a stricter diet or a different diet. So you do, and then you lose the weight and then you gain it back. So it's just, it's, it's so sad like the, because th- these fad diets too are usually unsustainable, meaning you're going to do it temporarily, Absolutely. but then you can't mm-hmm. eat that way for too long because it's, and when I say unsustainable, maybe it's just so restrictive or so extreme that yeah, realistically for a period of years, it's going to be just too inconvenient to keep that up. And I I also just want to point out that this shouldn't be rocket science. Like you shouldn't have to craft this crazy extreme fad diet in order to be healthy. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, look at, I, I just wanted to, acknowledge too like we do have a problem in this country with overweight and obesity on a population level it's mm-hmm. it's true it's becoming a health problem and you know other parts of the world that have i think more established food cultures and um take time to eat don't have this problem on such a large scale so and and yet they haven't done anything crazy to achieve that, like cutting out all carbs and only eating fat, you know? Absolutely. Or spending so much money on diet products. I read, a, I read something online that said in the U.S. there's around $40 billion a year spent on diet products. And that blows my mind uh-huh. because if you're doing a diet where you have to spend a lot of money on supplements or um, bars or shakes or anything like that, you don't need it and don't need to spend money on that. Yeah. I just think, just think if we spent that money as a nation on like a cooking class or, you know, like other forms of, of, learning yeah. like an, like education something because I, I mean I think that's a huge thing part of, part of the obesity pandemic this is a whole different thing to talk about but part of it is just we have this abundant access to food so much food is available to us and so much of it is super calorically dense. dense and and mm-hmm. you know and not cheap. and cheap it's inexpensive you can go to McDonald's and get giant bag of food for like ten dollars which is kind of unheard of in other countries right um and it Mm -hmm. it just and and with a limited also like limited nutrition education and all sorts of things again don't have to get into it that's not the point of this episode but there's a lot of factors playing into the pandemic and yeah and there's a lot of weight stigma that goes along with it right now in in healthcare specifically there's 
physicians and nurses and and dietitians who who are fat phobic and who don't um, don't approach it well. That also feeds yeah. into kind of this diet culture issue because they say before they'll give you a knee replacement, mm-hmm. they're like, "All right, you have to lose thirty pounds, and your knee hurts, so you can't really exercise because your knee hurts." So you jump on the keto train or whatever it is and you lose 30 pounds and then you go get a knee replacement and then you gain your 30 pounds back and then we're kind of back to square one, right? Um, Yeah. I think it's anytime you have something on such a large population level like this and this is way above my pay grade as far as theories on, you know, the big kind of causes and factors of obesity but I think one thing is clear and that's not that's it's not the individual's fault it's not like a shortcoming of all these individuals it, there's something environmental going on and there's Absolutely. something as a society that is setting us up to not be successful for whatever reason and absolutely and yeah sorry go ahead I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, that's, yeah, that's just all I was saying. Like, that's, so there's weight stigma, but I think a lot of people are starting to recognize that it's a disease and that it's a complex disease. It is. And besides just the environmental impact, there's also a lot of psychological stuff going on. Um, It's, weight is definitely not just uh, eat less and exercise more. There's a lot, Mm -hmm. a lot going on. Absolutely. So we've, Let's move on then, because I feel like we've talked about why fat diets don't really work. And now we can talk about what to do instead. Yeah. Yeah. There is a way to do it. And we're not saying don't lose weight. Yeah. But also, one more disclaimer from the top. It's not going to be immediate. It's going to be gradual. If, if it's healthy weight loss, it's going to be mm-hmm. slow and steady, like the tortoise from that one story as children we read (laughs) (laughs) the tortoise and the hare (laughs) the tortoise and the hare it's going to be slow it's going to be steady but with like don't be the changes don't be the hare it will be successful and then you're going to win that race damn it yeah and why is it going to take so long think of how long it took if if a person is at an unhealthy weight they have too much fat stored for their body to handle that took time that took a, mm-hmm. a period of time of surplus, you know, to accrue that energy storage. And it's the same when you're losing it, but also you still need nutrition as you're losing weight. You can't just cut down to 500 calories, which is starvation level, and expect to not have problems because what's happening then? You, your body still needs all these vitamins and minerals and, yes, energy to function on a day-to-day basis. You can't just deprive yourself all the way your body starts to eat itself Absolutely. and not the not the part that you don't want <laughs> all of the <laughs> vital parts like your lean lean muscle storage and stuff so so what so what are we sorry my dog is humping the shit out of her teddy bear stop it stop <laughs> it so distracting you guys <laughs> I don't understand. She's so young. Ah, the hormones. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. 
Uh, weight loss. We're talking about weight loss. So yes, Callie. If we're telling someone, oh my god, she's she's going at it again. Stop How it. How old is this puppy? She's eleven weeks old, almost twelve, I guess. Oh my god, oh my god. she has been humping since the day we got old. her. Yeah, she came out of the womb. She came out of the womb humping. humping. Like I am setting her spay appointment ASAP because I'm worried. Oh Something's going on. Oh my god. Okay. So fucking weight loss, you guys. Weight loss. We're talking about weight loss. <laughs> we were. <laughs> so my primary. So when someone comes to me and they say, "I want to lose weight," or they say, "Oh my gosh, I've gained." 10 pounds and I don't know why or anything. The first thing I always say to them besides asking them why they want to lose weight, you know, is the first thing that I ask them is, okay, let's look at your day. Things that are not food, right? Like not meals, not snacks, even, mm -hmm. but things that we're drinking. That is always okay. my number one. So the sneakiest calories are the things that you drink to me, right? Yeah. Like that soda, yeah. It, she's sneaky she'll get you or that brevet coffee mm -hmm. that you drink in the morning there's a lot of calories Ooh. in a brevet coffee folks because it's half and half yeah, liquid <laughs> calories a lot of fat. Yeah. yeah liquid calories things that are just mm -hmm. easy to suck down and you don't think about it alcohol oh yep. yeah and that's a whole i mean we could do which i think we should do a whole episode <gasps> on alcohol because we're drinking it and it's so fun to talk about the science of alcohol yeah it. um but it's sneaky that one Alcohol. yeah for sure another get, source of yeah. hidden calories libby i always remember you mentioned butter on your toast mm -hmm. but um even just condiments yeah. in general like ketchup mayonnaise barbecue sauce they're usually loaded with sugar and fat also salad dressing cooking, yeah salad dressing yeah. cooking oils mm -hmm. added fats and oils yeah. And you guys were naming these things because they're sneaky and they can just add up in your diet things that you might not really notice that you're eating. But just because you're losing weight doesn't mean you can't eat them. It's just something you want to kind of look at and see how much are you eating? Are there areas where you could cut back that would decrease the calories that you're eating, but not yeah. take away too much from your because diet? Absolutely. If you're going to lose weight, you do have to create a calorie deficit. So whatever you're used to eating, if you're continuing, if your weight is continuing to increase, or even if you're maintaining weight, but it's, it's higher than, than you'd like to be at, or maybe you're already at, you're overweight already. Um, mm -hmm. it's going to take a lower amount of calories than you're probably used to eating every day. So that's where, mm -hmm. yeah. But it might, I mean, again, though, it cut could out be the easy just, things. yeah, it could be just a really simple change. Like, you switch from whole fat milk or whole fat dairy products to low fat or whole fat salad dressing to low fat salad dressing. Because mm -hmm. this could be mm -hmm. as easy as just changing up your condiments, honestly, to create that calorie deficit and then adding in some physical activity and other aspects. But, you know, just little tiny changes that you wouldn't even notice start you on the way to, 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 to changing your lifestyle, right? Because it's not it's not yeah. going to be an immediate change, but it is a lifestyle change and a diet change. It's the only scientifically because if works, you don't, right? if you look at the process of change, if you continue doing things the way you've been doing it, then you're going to continue having the same results, right? And that's where if you are maintaining or even gaining, that's not going to work for you. It it 
a change needs to be made. But absolutely. Yeah. I feel like weight loss is so hard because everybody's so different. Mm -hmm. Like we can't have, I wish we could look at all of our, everybody that listens to us and wants to lose weight. I wish we had time to like look at their diets and help them come up with a game plan, but it's hard when we can't see the specifics of what people are eating and what their behaviors like around food. So it's hard to say. Um, But I feel like beyond just like the little tiny changes that you can make throughout the day. And those really do add up. I also, one of my biggest things that I say is let's look at your overall diet and what types of food are we eating? Are you getting a lot of veggies throughout the day? Which if you are great, if you're not, maybe that's something you could increase just a little bit. Um, Lean proteins and then fiber rich foods. Um, And specifically those foods because protein helps you feel full. Veggies and other fiber rich foods also help you feel full. So when you're eating these foods, they'll help you get that really full feeling without being as calorically dense as other foods. Yep. Yeah, I guess I should have I should have started with that because it does not always have to be what can you eliminate. It can be what can you add and then what can you decrease, right? Definitely. Adding fiber and water really does fill people up too. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) and (laughs) that was random. Yeah. And lean protein, because protein is the macronutrient that gives us the most full, what's the word? Satiety. Satiety. Protein is there for you, will help you feel full. And also, I I always say like lean proteins, fiber-rich foods, fruits and veggies. Which by lean protein, we mean things that have less fat. So that Mm -hmm. beautifully marbled steak, delicious, but has a lot of fat in it. And then like for chicken, right? You're thinking like a chicken breast versus a chicken thigh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your white meat versus your dark meat typically has less fat on like a turkey mm-hmm. or a chicken. Yeah. Absolutely. And you want to like meeting your protein needs during weight loss is important too, because you don't want to cut out calories from those protein containing foods because you want to keep your body, you don't want your body to go into a negative nitrogen balance and start harvesting that lean tissue for your protein needs. So if you're cutting calories, you want to really look at those foods that are heavy on fats and carbohydrates, but it depends on your individual diet, like, and just what that looks like where you're going to cut out. Cause if, yeah, if you are a person who eats a lot of foods with added sugars and carbohydrates, then for you cutting back on those like carby foods is going to help you save some calories. And the op- the same is true for fat. If you eat a lot of greasy foods, that's an even bigger source of calories because it's more energy dense. Mm-hmm. Another tip that I have is don't wait until you're like hangry, ravenous, <laughs> like yeah. so hungry. Yes. I think one of the most common things that people try to do in their on their weight loss journey is like a very small breakfast, a very small lunch. And then by the time dinner comes, they're like so fucking hungry (laughs) that they eat like triple the amount of food that they would normally need for dinner time. So try to just get your three balanced meals, like a good solid breakfast, a nice lunch that makes you feel full and same for dinner. So that when you go into dinner, you're not just like, devouring everything you see. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a huge, a huge, huge thing is not waiting until you're starving, which I do often on accident. And then I'm like a hungry, hungry hippo and I eat everything. Um, and then, you know, I have heartburn and I regret it, but, uh, but yeah. And I also wanted to just touch on when we are eating, right. It's easier to practice. Um, we had an episode last season on mindful eating. If you haven't listened now, today's the day. Cause it's a good one. Um, but on working on our mindful eating practices, it's super hard to do. If you are starving, if you're mm -hmm. like ready to eat the couch, it's too late. Okay. Add in some snacks just because you're going for weight loss does not mean you have to feel hungry all the time. That's, that means it's not working. That means it's not going well if you feel mm -hmm. hungry all the time. Yeah. These so, are like, should be like slight imperceptible changes on a long period of time. Not one day of like starving yourself. Yeah. You're doing it a little at a time. One week you change your breve to a non-fat latte and it's rough at first and then you're kind of used to it, right? Because the, the texture is a little different, the flavor is a little different, but that's an easy change you can make. And then maybe the next week you add in an extra vegetable serving a day. Mm -hmm. And then the week after that, you address something different. It's just very, I just can't stress enough how gradual this needs to be for it to be successful. Yeah, and if you try... If you try doing things gradually like this too, and I don't know, everyone does weight loss differently, but ideally you'd be working with a dietitian. Um, but if you're checking your weight and it's not, and you're not losing anything, then, you know, that would indicate that at the end of that period of time, the calories didn't they weren't in a deficit, you know, you might've been actually getting more than you thought. And that's where some people like to count calories. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that works better for some personality types than others. Some people just really need to have that concrete number and they like keeping it in their head. And I don't think that necessarily means that you're too obsessive. I think it can give people a good like ballpark sometimes but for other people, that's like way too much work. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to do it if they think they have to count calories. Totally. And you know what? I remember learning in school that for some people that may not have previously calorie counted before or is not super familiar with like which foods might be the most calorically dense in their diet, um, one of the recommendations I've heard is to calorie count for like three days by mm -hmm. using an app or something and then see like, oh, I'm eating 2000 calories at dinner or however many that you didn't know you were eating mm -hmm. can be a good way to help point out which foods are contributing the most to your weight gain or your lack of weight loss. But I do think it's a fine line because, um, Becoming too uh, like obsessed over your calories can can be counterproductive. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so, it can lead to bigger problems. Yeah, yeah. But but I do so. think it's it's a really good practice just to try it, right? Because we don't we yeah. aren't always mindful about what we're doing, and and even if you're not counting calories, but you're keeping like a food log, right? Yeah. So you're just writing down. And then it really gets you thinking about what you had during the day. 
Um, and it doesn't have to be like you ate something and then you write it down immediately. At the end of the day, it's almost like journaling. You just sit down and you go through your day and you go step by step. And you and then it's almost because sometimes like I, for one, am kind of a mindless snacker sometimes. Mm-hmm. And like if I'm on the phone or something and I'm like snacking and I don't think about it when I'm doing when I'm doing it. And then later I'm like, why am I not hungry? It's dinner time. And then I think, oh, yes, because I ate a whole jar of pickles while I was on the phone with my sister or pickles whatever, like you know, like, <laughs> oh, but they salty. <laughs> <laughs> then my oh, feet are puffy. And <laughs> oh, that's just funny. That was that was an interesting example. <laughs> oh, I eat a lot of pickles, you guys. I love my pickles. I, love I, guess, pickles. <laughs> I guess you could. Yeah, you could like gain weight from pickles because the salt like water retention. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, my feet get puffy and I think it's because I eat a lot of pickled things. So, <laughs> so fun. Um, but yeah, just like the being, being a little more mindful about your day. It's yeah. so easy to mindlessly snack, especially during quarantine. We just shouldn't even like, this is not the time really, but like this whole pandemic has been a real, for me personally, a really big eye opener for um, not an, I'm not an emotional eater. I wouldn't say I'm an emotional eater, but I am for sure a bored eater. Like if I get uh, bored, yeah. I eat. And when I'm, when I'm working, I'm not bored and I don't have access to all the snacks I could possibly want. Um, so when I'm at home, I had to not keep, I don't keep certain things in my house because I just can't help myself sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, I just don't keep things in my house and that's, that's my way of, avoiding and then when I want them I just have to drive and get them so then I don't get them right because <laughs> yeah. it's too much too effort much but that's, it is though. that's I feel like, like setting yourself is... up for success though and it works yeah. the same way if you're trying to gain weight or just eat a more balanced diet overall like like preparing meals for the next few days of your work week on one day you know that's just like those things that are setting your your environment up for your success. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're, you're trying to make it easier on yourself. So don't, um, I, yeah, I haven't, um, gone through periods of intentional weight loss in my life. I have gone through periods of intent, like trying to gain weight, but I think, I don't think you have to count calories to be successful because if you really look at some of those general tips, you can really control a lot and push yourself in the right direction without going over the numbers. Even like we've everything we've talked about, like adding those fibery foods, adding lean proteins, looking at your overall diet, finding, you know, sources of hidden calories. All of these things are a great start to kind of, and, and you do that over a period of time, you get that snowball effect. Mm-hmm. Like I've gained weight by intentionally just eating larger portions than I normally would and things like that, you know, paying attention to which foods are higher in calories and eating more of those for gaining weight. Opposite is true if you're losing. Right. It yeah. totally depends on the person. Like for some people just adding fruits and veggies and focusing on lean proteins and making those like couple small changes throughout their day that we talked about could work for them. And for others, they might need to calorie count for a couple of days just to see like what they could tweak in their diet to make a bigger impact. So I think you're right, Cody, like not, you don't have to calorie count at all, 
Um, but it just depends on yeah. the person and that's why less is so hard. Yeah. Cause like if you, Absolutely. again, like if you try without calorie counting and then it's not working, then you might have mm-hmm. to look a bit closer too. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Actually try it. Yeah. See what's going on. Which I mean, again, we reiterate, this is not a substitute for discussing this with a dietitian in person because it's going to be personalized to you. I did. I got one question from somebody asking me how to lose weight with PCOS and that I referred her to a dietitian that I follow on Instagram, who I'm going to shamelessly plug because I think she's fantastic. The woman's dietitian on Instagram. She's like the hormone guru, you guys. She is so good. And as someone who has normally functioning hormones, um, you know, and I, I don't have to fight with my weight because, because my body, I'm very fortunate in that my hormones go the way that they're supposed to go. So, um, if you have, you know, PCOS or endometriosis, or, um, these are all obviously things for women, but, or, uh, hypo or hyperthyroidism, thyroid problems, hormone problems, anything that is affecting the way in which you metabolize food and calories, um, this is, this is so hard to, um, this is not a generalized conversation for you because you're, you are different in the way that you are able to lose weight and the types of foods that are going to specifically work and not work for you, um, in terms of weight loss. So again, to that person who asked the question, I so appreciate you asking. And my response was to send you to somebody else because it's not my, it's not my place and I'm not great. Um, you know, I know general things, but for sure not, um, this episode is not directed at that. Yes. There's Mm -hmm. specialists and, and every person is unique and every, you know, maybe you have food restrictions. Maybe you have limited access to food. We don't know. So right. um, this is all very generalized. And I mean, there's so many other factors that affect your ability to lose weight too, like certain diseases or your hormones, for example, like nutrition is not the only thing. It's a yeah. big part, but it's not the only thing that can affect your weight gain or weight loss or maintaining your weight. There's a lot of other things that go into it and that. It's just tricky. Which I did want to talk about um, physical. Are we at that point? Yeah. yeah. Maybe transition a little to physical activity and talking about that. Let's get into it. Exercise. So exercise is contributing to our energy deficit to lose weight. Right. Absolutely. Increasing your metabolism, increasing your movement, increasing your thermal energy rate and increasing your overall health absolutely yeah expanding that lung capacity Mm. Mm, 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 mm. talk dirty to me (laughs) (laughs) so they recommend and by they i mean (laughs) physical activity guidelines for americans recommend that you need 30 minutes per day at least five days a week of moderate activity and what they mean by this is that you need this much activity to decrease the risk of diseases like heart disease, diabetes, or other chronic diseases. So depending on how active you are, my number one tip firstly is to find what you enjoy and do that consistently. Because if you hate lifting weights at the gym, which I mean, we want to both be doing cardio and a little bit of resistance training, right? But if you absolutely hate certain exercises or hate certain workouts, don't force yourself to do them because we like nutrition. We want you to find 
physical activity that you like and can maintain for long periods of time. But with that being said, if, if you're already an active person and you're trying to trying to lose more weight, like if you're already walking 30 minutes a day for five days a week and you're trying to lose weight, you might need to add a little bit more. Like if you have a really sedentary job, just walking for 30 minutes a day, that's great. And that, that has health benefits and that's awesome, but that's not always enough to um, help a lot with weight loss. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. That's more like if you're trying to maintain, right, right. then you're going to continue to do the same amount of exercise that you do every day. If you're not going to make other changes, right. Cause sometimes it's not, you know, it's not, it's not um, possible or you don't want to or whatever dietary changes maybe aren't going to be your answer mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And it could be just an increase in physical activity that helps you to achieve that calorie deficit mm-hmm. in terms of increasing the amount of calories that you need by increasing your activity. So, but I mean, if you walk 30 minutes a day, that is amazing. Yeah. I didn't mean to down- rock down. on. No, absolutely. But increase, you know, try and increase it to 45 minutes. Mm-hmm you know, jump that little bit to get it up a little. And then maybe a couple weeks later, it's up to an hour or a couple days a week, you walk for an hour or two. And then the rest of the days, you still continue with your 30 minutes if that's all you have time for. Right. Or even break it up throughout the day because I know things get in the way. People are busy. We can't dedicate like two hours every day to working out, which I wouldn't ever tell anyone to do anyways. But sometimes it's hard to get in like a full hour of movement a day. So if you have to try to break it up, like if you sit all day, do a 15 minute walk in the morning and then 15 minutes at lunch. And then I don't know, whatever you want to do after work, like whether Take the that's stairs, right. And it doesn't have always to be, be taking the stairs yeah. and it doesn't have to be like intentional working out. Like if you, after work, it's a beautiful day outside and you want to go to happy hour, ride your bike. I don't know. Do something like here and there that just adds up to the amount of time that you can. Yeah. Little tiny little changes yeah. in the bathroom like, <laughs> yeah. doing house chores. Like, yeah. Can get you up and moving and burn some energy. Don't have a dog. Put your fish in a to-go cup and take it on a walk. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever floats your boat. You can do it. <laughs> Morgan, I'm going to take your plant for a walk. Oh my god, I would love that. He's growing a ton. No way. Yeah, I'll have to send you pictures. Oh my gosh. Wait, whose plant? Why do you have a plant? I'm confused. Explain the plant. Morgan gave me a plant I for my birthday. I can't be the only one. Aww. It's it was in a really little pot. Oh, nice. Yeah. Adorable. What kind of plant is it? I kill every house plant I've ever owned. I don't know what it's called. It's kind it's of fuzzy. A, it's a fuzzy succulent guy. No. Yeah. That's not his official name. How cute well i appreciate that you're gonna walk your plant yeah you know my dog is currently still a little too sassy and a little too small to go on any sort of good walk so i might walk my plant too maybe then it would live because he looking bad Get some sunlight <laughs> that's another benefit of walking i love doing anything outside for exercise yeah but just going back into exercise it is important to try to get some cardio activity and a little bit of resistance training because your resistance training is where you can build a little bit of muscle, which is helpful because it increases your metabolic rate. So that means yeah. like just existing by having more muscle mass, you'll burn more calories. Like you don't even have to do anything. You just have to be alive with more muscles than you have right now. And you'll be burning a little extra calories. 
So, I mean, that's one benefit um, specific to weight loss, but there's so many other benefits to doing both cardio and resistance training. So um, resistance training could be like at home, you could do squats or um, push-ups or knee push-ups or whatever types of like body weight workouts you can do at home that would work for resistance training. And then cardio would be more like you're walking, running, biking, or anything like that. So try to get a good balance of those. If you're trying to increase your physical activity. Yeah. Yeah. There's um like hit workouts are super, you know, hot right now, but they're like a mix of cardio and resistance yeah. training. And they're really quack, quack, quick little workouts. <laughs> <laughs> they're really quick workouts, you know, something like that. But I, I like want to list all the different kinds of exercise. You could swim, you could bike, you yeah. could walk, mm-hmm. you could run, I just you could Pilates. Like, so many fun things. I know for a lot of people that are trying to lose weight, it's like they want to, and but there's a lot of barriers, right, to actually yeah. doing it. No matter how much you want to do it, you might not know where to start. It might You might feel like it's just too big of a change for you. And that's where it's like, and everyone's different again, but you have to just look at every day doing something is better than doing nothing. Even if that is taking the stairs for you or, you know, Cody, put it on a t-shirt. I love that. Like just think about the overall direction you're headed and say, what am I doing today to get me where I'm going? It doesn't have to be Cody hit workouts. I mean, if that's your thing, then awesome. But if you're like really overweight and you haven't done that thing and kind of thing in a really long time, then small changes. Right. Just do what you can do. Yeah. So I think that's a great thing to end this on Cody. Like I just, I have nothing else to say from that. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good ending point too, but I do just want to, I think I've kind of said this throughout the podcast today, but there's so much more to weight loss. Like the mental health aspect of weight loss is something we didn't really touch on today. I guess not mental health, but just the mental component because it is so psychological Mm -hmm. and I would recommend anybody trying to get to lose weight, find a dietitian and even potentially a psychologist because they can teach you coping strategies for certain mental or like behavior change strategies for what you're trying to achieve because there's so many other things going on in weight loss that aren't just yeah like a little tweak of nutrition might not be able to help because it is a lot of like behavior change and um cognitive things going on absolutely because it should be coming from a place of self-love right we're improving our health yes and i think i think you know, we've all seen the dark side of that people approaching weight loss from kind of this, um, this self-hatred place really. And I think that's where our, our culture is. We're so drunk on this, like self-hatred and self like punishment almost. It's like masochistic, you know, mm-hmm. or, or is it sadistic? I don't know the correct word masochistic for sure Absolutely. but you had it right. i think you're that there. anytime you're doing that like if it's like you're punishing yourself and you're you don't like yourself and if it's coming from that kind of a place then it's not going to be healthy long term and you probably won't be successful right yeah right you should always start with a why am i doing why do i want to lose weight yeah right 
And if it is because it can be for any matter of reason, but just make sure that your head is in the right place and it's going to go a lot better for you. And it's going to be way, way, way more successful. Absolutely. And just give yourself grace. If you have a bad day or a bad week or a bad month, it's okay. And keep trucking along. You can, you can get there. It's hard. Yeah. One bad day is like nothing. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things. It's not the next day. You just, because it's these long-term changes, like we've been saying the whole time. <laughs> Absolutely. And we, we all have a lot of shit going on, like in the pandemic and just in life. We're all busy. So give yourself some grace. Yes. Okay, guys. I, Should we go to questions? I oh, have one. Cool. Yes, let's hear the question. Mio, it helps me drink more water, but is the sucralose bad for me? Mio, like the little water oh, drop Mio. thing. I used to drink those. It helps. Yeah, it helps them to drink more water, but is the sucralose bad for you? So my short answer to that would be no. It is not bad for you. It's a sugar alcohol. Um, and it can, you know, it could it can cause GI mm-hmm. upset. Like if you're feeling really bloated, gassy, um, getting, you know, pooping a lot in a really unpleasant way, anything like that. Yeah. Um, then it potentially that can be feeding into it because of the way that your stomach digests sugar alcohol. Um, but I would say my, my short answer to that is no, but I also have not done extensive research on sucralose. Yeah. To know. And my response to anytime people ask about like artificial sweeteners and it's, it's a pretty heavily debated topic and there is some pretty mixed research on some of them. Um, so it's interesting, but I always go back to, you know, are how much of these foods are you eating? If you're eating all these foods with a ton of artificial sweeteners, where is that at on the My Plate Food Guide? You know, it's we want to focus on yeah. our overall basic food groups and the stu- the sugar alcohols you get kind of on the side of that. Chances are it's not it shouldn't give you problems unless you're super sensitive to it for some reason but you'd have to eat a lot of it right right yeah for it to actually so interesting question it is an interesting question and i'm going to give them also you know an alternative to mio is to use lemon or cucumber or fruit or you know if you have a hard time drinking water try to do like an infused water at home and just keep a keep a jug of cucumber water or lemon water and that's what you refill your glass with or you know put some in your water bottle when you go to work or whatever um i love you know if, if you have a hard time especially if you have city water it, it can be hard yeah yeah great ideas i never understood the appeal of cucumber water though personally i think it tastes weird Ooh, i like i don't know i love cucumber. i love cucumber so. water it's so refreshing i like lemon water yeah Oh, that, I mean, I love that too. I love it all. You know what would be really good is <laughs> kiwis. Like a kiwi infusion. Oh. What about like a little kiwi strawberry action? <gasps> yeah. Yum. Plus then when you're done, you get a yes, little snack. Exactly. Oh, I'm into it. Love it. Okay. I think that's everything for weight loss. I think so too. Yeah. You guys, if you want, if you have more questions, if you want to lose weight, Find a dietitian. Um, we're not going to give 
that much of our time, but you always can message us if it's something really broad statement or something you're always curious about or something you want us to do further in depth on. If we talked about something today and you're like, I want to hear more about that, let us know. We'd love to talk to you about it in the future. I just, I second that. I third it. All right. And All the right. Next Happy National Margarita Ooh, Day. You will know. So I don't years. know about yet, but it'll be a fun one. Tune in. Also, <laughs> give us a rating if you haven't already on whatever platform you use to listen to us. <laughs> like, subscribe, share with your friends, <laughs> colleagues, and your, your mother-in-law, all of the people. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Okay. Thanks for listening to Dietitian Power Hour. Give us a follow on Instagram at Dietitian Power Hour Pod. You can find us on Spotify or wherever you like to listen. And please drop us some stars if you enjoyed our content.